you have a, a mention of sacred cows and, mm. and how what, what we typically learn in small churches that there are surprise sacred cows oh gosh, that yeah. can easily offend our faithful and there is often no biblical value attached to that cow. There's usually just a lot of emotion. So well, I've been here what, 20, I've what's, been, what's a sacred cow? I've been here just 20 years and, and I would tell you that, <laughs> you know, in the early days, the plastic flowers on yes, stage were the sacred cows. Flowers. They were sacred cows. <laughs> and I would tell you that over my 20 years here, I've probably said three or four times, to other pastors braggadociously but incorrectly right um that i think all our sacred cows are gone now we're good yep. there's our people are not hung up on our place and our stuff and our things um there's nothing that we can't change or mess with and then i mess with something and, and i get called into you know. i get called into a meeting you're in trouble yeah where there's a <laughs> bunch of people upset at me Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. Rescuing Churches. My name's Josh. I'm here with my dad, Stan. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about what I guess we could refer to as the three E's in churches, just because I appreciate the alliteration here. Thank you. Uh, as an English minor, entertainment, expectations, and excellence. Mm-hmm. And you point out in this blog post that you've written that there's a trend in larger churches today to have entertaining worship services. What exactly do you mean by that? And is that necessarily a bad thing? It's been out a while. I mean, it's not really a current trend. It's a, a trend from the past. But yep. but everybody tries to move toward that. You, uh, the larger churches, the churches that, you know, get all the the attention, maybe, maybe the hype is the word, um, you know, whether it's your Elevation Church or Church of the Highlands or you know, Willow Creek, Saddleback, whatever, whatever church it is, most of those churches, contemporary churches, have this contemporary worship service that's very theatrical. Um, it's loaded with great camera angles and f- extremely high-tech uh, light shows. All the cool stuff. Yeah, yeah way cool. <laughs> um, the sanctuary's dark. There's, there's you know, a very good-looking praise team. Oh, yeah. Uh, all real healthy Young praise team, excellent staging. Uh, even even the transitions, you know, are, are excellent. They have bumper videos and announcement videos that are just class A one. I mean, it's it's extremely hot, well done, but it's also done to be entertaining and comforting in that level. Right. Um, I don't doubt that many of those praise teams are truly worshiping while they're singing. Um, but those churches, especially those type churches, are ten- tending to try to reach a a, a more uh, integrated congregation of believers and non-believers. Right. And so it needs to look more like something in the culture that you would go to. Right. Um, you know, an entertainment. The entertainment value has to somewhere be there. So within that, 
is there a caution that you then have for smaller churches when it comes to um, how they view that? Same caution I have for the big church. Right. Don't plan that service to be entertaining. You can plan it to be excellent. That's why it's excellence is the other, the third E. Sure. Plan it to be excellent. Don't worry about it entertaining people. Worry about it drawing people to Christ. And, you know, let, let's do it that way because a small church doesn't stand a chance to do any of that. We, we, we're never going to have, you know, laser light shows, fog machines, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we just got some lights that shine on the back wall. Yeah. Nor would we ever need anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it would look goofy in our setting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but there's, a, there's a tendency to think somehow that's supposed to help us. Right. Uh, you know, if you're a middle-aged or young pastor and you're wondering why your church is dying, you might think, well, we just need some, you know, we need those motion lights. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it really isn't going to be the solution to that. And it's, it's a, it's in an effort to reach the next generation, the millennials and the, you know, they call them the screeners, the screenagers, mm-hmm. the uh, Y and Z generation are driving churches to start looking at more creative ways to have services and meet the felt needs of that generation. Um, they, they are hung up on a lot of that stuff and have lived only with screens in their hands their whole life. Right. So it, it makes it a hard responsibility to try to figure out as a pastor where to draw those lines. But I think we have to be careful to not worry about the entertainment side or the expectation side to worry about the excellence in, uh, you know, the church needs to function excellently for Christ first. That's good. And I would say, I would ask you real quick here, you have a, a mention of sacred cows and, mm. and how what, what we typically learn in small churches that there are surprise sacred cows oh gosh, that yeah. can easily offend our faithful. And there is often no biblical value attached to that cow. There's usually just a lot of emotion. So well, I've been here what, 20, what, I've been, what's a sacred cow? I've been here 20 years. And, and I would tell you that, <laughs> you know, in the early days, the plastic flowers on yes, stage were the sacred plastic cows. Flowers. They were sacred cows. <laughs> and I would tell you that over my 20 years here, I've probably said three or four times, to other pastors braggadociously but incorrectly right um that i think all our sacred cows are gone now we're good yep. there's our people are not hung up on our place and our stuff and our things um there's nothing that we can't change or mess with and then i mess with something and, and i get called you know, into i get called into a meeting you're in trouble yeah where there's a <laughs> bunch of people upset at me you know because we moved x from you know move something from this part to that part of the building yep and because we changed the way we say that or do that now we're in and who knew yeah, that would have been yeah, those are sacred cows I, you know <laughs> i guess we're taken from the days of moses right <laughs> um those are those are sacred cows and people can get very offended um by some of that. And we have to be sensitive to that. We also have to be willing to change, you know, church churches have to make changes in order to, to reach the needs and, and meet with people, you know, and whether it's, it's bringing food into the sanctuary, coffee and snacks into the sanctuary in the morning. That's very offensive to some people. We've wrestled with some of that. Sure. Um, you know, we, we've changed our pews out for chairs that can be, a deal you can just change a picture you can move the location of a picture that was in a hallway somewhere yeah. and if it was there for years yeah, yeah. and get people very upset. very upset um you know the old tote board that had oh, the yeah. totals on it oh, I yeah. the first time years ago <laughs> when i took down the tote board because nobody was putting numbers in it yep. there's the little old <laughs> lady that had the numbers was not using years. it anymore <laughs> nobody put any numbers on it so i thought i'd just taste what's the point of it hanging there and uh, I really thought I was going to be lynched that afternoon. So, not a good thing. <laughs> Definitely not a good thing. We can't have any pastors being lynched. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, very taxing. Very, very stressful for ministers to walk, walk through a bunch of that. But 
important too to well, to understand the values. Speak then, speak to the pastors that are going through that. If if you're a pastor out there who's listening right now that might be caught up in the middle of some of that, what's your advice to them? Because you've been through that, like you said yourself. So how do you yeah you how have do you to, deal with that? You have to teach the values. You okay. have to honor values and then teach values. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had some people upset that that we move and, and you know maybe come into it with some grace and understanding of they do see a certain value attached to that from where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not the end all be all of right. And, and your values have to be convictions from scripture, scripture. convictions as elders yep. and groups of el- plurality of elders where you come under that. Um, you have to really come to the place where you believe right. um, that what you're doing is healthy for the church and good. And then and take very slow steps. Try to communicate as best you can through that. Take very slow steps through that and and do the best you can to navigate it. Uh, communications essential during those times. Yeah, yeah, but then you also got to know you're never going to please all the people all the time. You can't make everybody so, yeah. happy. <laughs> That's yeah. just not going to happen. Exactly, it's not going to happen in church life or just life in general. Mm-hmm. So um, let me ask you: What are some ways to strive for? Let's look at the the excellence factor here. What are some ways to strive for excellence in your worship services, rather than um, kind of worrying about the biggest and the best at being having the most entertaining service in town, most entertaining show, tech lights, all right. that kind of stuff? Right. Get, what are some practical things you can do? Yeah, and the lure, the lure to what you were just talking about is I'm trying to be entertaining to get the numbers up. That's never a good right. Don't try to get the numbers. That's the wrong up. Try, try to make your church healthy, and if the numbers go up, it's because your church is healthy. Um, so what you can do to help your service become more excellent is to listen to what the Lord teaches about. Read the scriptures about what healthy churches look like, um, and be sure you're following God's directions and God's guidelines. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would say, for example, make scriptural truths very evident in your service. If your service is not highlighting scripture truth at every level it can in your music, um, around your teaching and it, even, even in the way you, um, the, the, the small groups you plan should highlight, we're going to practice scriptural truth and we're going to practice good Bible teaching and good Bible reading. And when we do that, we honor the first Timothy four passage, you know, about using the word, keeping the word in the center of your church and using it well. So I would say that's that's, you know, top of the list. Number one thing we ought to be working on is making sure you're you're scripture centered in every every part of the service that you can be. You're scripture centered. Even when you take an offering, read scriptures about offerings, read, read the truth about what the offering is. Tell tell the scriptures that relate to offerings. We say it every Sunday, you know, Bible wants us to give cheerfully, generously and sacrificially. Sacrificially. Yep. So yeah, always, so you, you always can, back up your points with scripture yep, references. You can quote me on that. So <laughs> yeah. And I can quote you on that. Cause you I hear it every, I hear it every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have a good point here about whether or not you're discipling your people, making time to invest in the men who attend and helping them personally grow. Um, how is that something that brings excellence to the, your service? And I, think, I think people are looking for real relationships. And, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier in this, uh, I mentioned it earlier in this article, but people drive past, like, like uh, Carl Vader says, people, a lot, most people drive past a big church to get to a small church. We forget that. Right. And what they're looking for is the reality of the relationships. They're looking for a small group of people yep. that they can be uh, significantly cared for in and be a part of a significant thing. So, so discipling them and investing in them, helping them 
uh, builds real, authentic, life-changing relationships. Um, and so it'll, it'll make a difference in their life, and their life now can make a difference for somebody else. It gives them purpose. Which is a great segue into your next point about whether or not you're loving the lost and reaching the community. Um, how does that factor in? Yeah, just after, ask you, I mean, again, instead of being an entertaining church or trying to be a, you know, a church that's, that's trying to meet up with the other churches, just ask yourself, evaluate yourself, or is our church loving the lost within the community? Or we find a way to connect with people in the community that are far from God, bringing them back close to God? Are you training your church and family to, to model um, what it means to witness? Um, are you training them to, to go out and share the gospel? Are you training to even care for the lost people? You know, is their heart bent on caring for lost people? Some of the churches we're working with with 614, that's a question we're trying to decipher with these churches. Does your church really care? If not, now the minister's got to get in the pulpit and and just wear that thing out till we we care. And pray. Lots of prayer. We got to have lots of prayer about that because the the heart of the people is important. and, And your church can be the most entertaining church in the world, but if it doesn't care for lost people, you still haven't met a criteria that's scriptural. That's very true. Very true. Yeah, and and again, I think that goes back to the pastor preaching fresh truth. The pastor needs to be excited about the truth he teaches. He needs to love the word. He needs to have invested his time passionately into the word um, because it's the word itself that will draw people. When when the word feeds somebody's soul, the next Sunday they want their soul fed again. Mm. They do. That's well said. Go back and expound on the the expectations for me out of the three E's that we have here, the entertainment excellence, what, what are the expectations? What are you referring to when you talk about expectations? Well, they're kind of all over the map because you've right. got an older generation that expects a traditional, typically in a mm-hmm. smaller church, they're, they're going to expect a traditional model of a church. They're going to, they're going to expect to come and it be the same exact type of service every, every Sunday. Every single week, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, in, they, in the, they, they in the old get, days. They kind of get into a routine. In the old <laughs> days, it was a, it was a, there was a bulletin that came out and, you know, the, the pastor, the bulletin was pre-printed except for the secretary would put oh, it into yeah. a typewriter and type in, yep, yep. you know, the, the hymn number here, <laughs> hymn, hymn, you know, oh, inter- yes. uh, you know, prayer, hymn, reading of scripture, hymn. Yep. The, offering the order of the special service. special music hymn sermon <laughs> an invitation Classic. that's just how it went and Classic. so so there's a generation that likes that routine yeah there's another generation stuck in the middle of all that that says hey everyone's well let's just mix this up and have fun with it do something creative that you know totally unpredictable totally unpredictable <laughs> catch me off guard and then there's a younger generation that that you know does they're so used to being entertained every time they sit in front of something right you know that their brain is waiting on the entertainment and they're moment. wired that way yeah, yeah. so so you, you got to find a way to take scriptural truths and make them valuable enough for that younger generation and interesting enough for them that they feel like they've gotten something worth it and it still needs to feed the senior generation. So so the expectations are all over the map. A pastor has an incredibly complex job, incredibly complex. On any given Sunday, you know, he's got to meet everything from, you know, the greatest generation that's still around. Then you got the boomers, you know, then you got X, Ys, and Zs. And, and at the bottom end, you got, you know, this, this whole other generation we haven't even defined yet that are starting to say they like the traditional model. Yep. So they're going to they're gonna be more like the, you know, the greatest generation. And then in the middle of all that, you got, you know, you got millennials (laughs) and, and Xers that are just complex as can be at at times. So 
and want to be pandered to. There's there's several generations in the middle of all that that want to be pandered to. And you can't pander to them, but you got to help them. You got to grow them. So it is, the expectations are complicated, but the goal to entertain them is never, never needs to be on the table. Yeah. I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm trying to grow you up and help you. Yeah, it's, I don't. It's, I don't care if you're happy. Yeah. Uh, I don't want you to be unhappy here, but I don't care if you're happy. I do care if you're healthy. If you're spiritually healthy, yeah. exactly. The the spiritual health is should always be the the ultimate motivation is what you're driving Correct. out there. And and Carl Vader has actually even alluded to that in the episode that we referred to yes, with yeah. him is that the the spiritual growth of the church and the spiritual health of the church should be the mo- motivator not how many people can we get in the doors exactly. by way of entertainment or by way of you know the latest greatest yeah, dog know, and pony thing. show or yeah. brand new speaker yeah. or whatever we're doing yeah, yeah we're worried so. about the health of the church right um that's that's what we're called to be worried about so that's that's really good yeah. and ministering the truth to the ones that come oh yeah god will honor that so and lo- teaching them to love the lost yep and then, and then your people have to fellowship well. You know, here's another question you should ask yourself. Are my people really, are my church, is my church family really in love with Jesus Christ? When we sing songs to him, is there a passion in the singing? We, I felt it today in our service. There was a passion in our oh, singing Oh, yeah, it was today. definitely there. Is there a passion in our singing? Is there serving and fellowship that, that lets your, your guests that are there um, know that you really do love the Lord? Yeah. And, and we work with, you know, here at 614 and, and people that follow us know this. It's what we do. We work with churches that are in decline. We work with churches that are going through transitional phases and churches that may have, um, to use a terminology that you've used before, lost their first love. Um, how, how do you recommend a yeah, pastor? John, John the Beloved used that yeah, first, right, but right. he was quoting, but, but, quoting but God. But you quote, <laughs> yeah, you quote yeah. John the Beloved all the time right, right. Uh, to use that term. Um, what, what would be your recommendation to the pastors out there who may have a congregation where they're seeing a lot of the passion and the energy and the, the, um, the heart drain from their services in terms of worship and singing and things like that? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, you gotta maybe sit down with your inner core church staff and figure out what their needs are that's causing that. Are we going through a crisis internally in the church? Is there mm-hmm. conflict in the church? We've had that. We've had that, right. And it'll drain you to death. So so if we need to get, sometimes there's a timing thing where we still got to just keep pressing on and wade through it, persevere. Um, but, but in the midst of it all, obviously you minister to those that are hurting through that time. You minister to those that are struggling in their spiritual walk. You find somebody that's not. You find somebody that's actually not, you know, sliding down and struggling in their walk, but somebody that's growing and you give that person opportunity to testify and you let his encouragement be other people's encouragement. Once again, we're back to the body life. Yeah. Back to body (laughs) life. We're we're in the building doing that. It does not going to happen on a zoom meeting or in Facebook live. (laughs) where only the pastors, the one scene you're going to have, you're going to have the body life is going to be Tom can help bill get out of his decline spiritually because Tom's energy is high. Right. And so now we can work with that. And I say, you know, find those couple that are doing well and get them highlighted, give them a, give them a platform to share their testimony, have them tell the people what they've been going through, what God's doing for them. You know, definitely look for, for ways to hit the highlights and tell people the good things God's doing. That's excellent. That's really good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. If you'd like to give us some thoughts and feedback on the show, we'd love to hear from you at 
909-0614 or email us at 614rebuild at gmail.com or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 614rebuild. And as always, don't forget to give us a five-star review on any platform that you're listening on. Or four-star. 